I felt in prayer last night, I'd been feeling for two or three days, uh, the Lord directing me toward something for the next few weeks. And last night in prayer, it, it came to me clearly that um, we're going to begin next Sunday. And we're going to have seven supernatural Sundays. Amen. Are you ready for that? Hallelujah. Seven supernatural Sunday. Now, when I first said that, I thought, oh, that's kind of going over the edge. But the Lord said, that's where I want you to be. Amen. I'm tired of you living safe, comfortable. I want you out there where I operate. <laughs> Amen. Seven supernatural Sundays. We are believing God for just that. A sovereign move of His Spirit. We're asking for God to do things, miracles, bring back sliders home. Amen. And uh, we have a lineup of special guests that will be joining us in different services. We're going to culminate it with the seventh Sunday, which is the greatest supernatural Sunday of all, and that's Easter Sunday. Amen. Resurrection Day. I believe God's going to help us. With the grace of God and His mercies today, I want to take you to the Word of the Lord for a few moments. And I do, I do realize that my time is limited. You know, beginning at 10.30 used to be cool, but now as I get older and I preach longer, I'm thinking maybe we need to start at 10. Amen. Just a thought. Don't get, don't, don't get worried too much. I want to take you to the book of Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. And I would like to begin reading with verse number 2. Paul writing to Titus said, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts, and pleasures. We, everybody say we. We did that. Amen. Just so you don't get confused who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about somebody back there. I'm talking about us in this place right now. We ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers, lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and love of another. But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Ephesians chapter 2. Beginning with verse number 1, he said, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Everybody say you. Me. You, me, he hath quickened, he hath made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past you walked 
according to the course of this world. You did that. I did that. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of obedience, of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation. We all had that kind of life. In times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. I don't want to be sound presumptuous today, and I hope you will not turn me off and think me arrogant by my title today, but I want to talk to you for a few moments about something better than mercy. Something better than mercy. Everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Mercy. It's one of the most powerful words that you will find in Scripture. It is one of the most far-reaching. And it is more than just a mere word. It is a principle of God's character, who He is. One of the single most prominent attributes of God that you will find in Scripture is the mercy of God. Scripture declares Him to be the Father of mercies. He's rich in mercies. He's full of mercies. This is His attitude toward mankind. Even though God is holy and pure and righteous, there is a side of God that is filled with compassion. Amen. Aren't you glad for that compassion? He knows that we are but dust. Amen. Mercy is defined in Scripture as compassion for the miserable. Compassion for the miserable. It's the act of being spared judgment. It is the freeing of the miserable. Mercy. Say that with me. Mercy. Amen. It is being let off the hook for something that you are guilty of doing. It is when one receives from God what we do not. Deserve. Amen. It is withheld judgment. It is withheld punishment. It is the preventive side of God. It is His hand that halts. It is being spared from what we ought to have received because of our actions and our attitude and our deeds. And the Bible says that that is a product of God's compassion. Mercy is simply not getting what you deserve. Amen. Say that with me. Mercy is simply not getting what you deserve. Aren't you thankful for that today? (laughs) It's like being found guilty in a court of law and the judge finding you guilty but withholding the punishment because... 
of who he is. Scripture magnifies it with superlatives like great, sure, abundant, tender, new every morning, vast and innumerable. Think of how far God has gone to help you and I. How many of us sitting here today have escaped accidents that we should have been involved in because of our foolish driving, but God prevented that from happening? Mercy. He spared us from destruction when destruction should have been ours because of a foolish decision. How many have there been in all of us of near misses in life if it had not been for the goodness of the Lord? It had not been for the mercies of God. The things that were coming to us, God somehow reached out and put his hand in the way to spare us, even though we didn't deserve it. Our faults merited it. What we had done should have brought down the wrath of God. But in that moment, he chose to show mercy. I will have to say this morning that for some of us, God's angels have been working overtime. Amen. They've been busy keeping a lot of things away that we deserve. Psalms 103 verse 10 through 14 best describes what I'm trying to say. And I'm reading from a new translation. It says, He does not deal with us As our sins deserve, he does not repay us our misdeeds and what they deserve. For as the skies are high above the earth, so his loyal love towers over his faithful followers. As far as the eastern horizon is from the west, so he removes the guilt of my rebellion against uh, or rebellious actions from us as a father has compassion on his children. So the Lord has compassion on his faithful followers, for he knows what we are made of. He realizes that we are but clay. Amen. Aren't you thankful for mercy? It's that preventive work of God in all of our lives. God has spared us. He's treated us better than our sins and our faults and our failings deserve. He's let us in. I'm thankful we should have gone to the gallows. But mercy stepped in. I'm thankful for mercy. You find mercy first in Genesis chapter 3. When man had sinned and fallen and God was dealing with them and displacing them from the Garden of Eden. He pronounces a punishment upon them because of their sin. And this is what Genesis 3 says. He said, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conceptions. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Amen. Thorns 
also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And, everybody say and, thou shalt eat the herbs of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Out of the curse of sweat and toil and labor, God provided man a means to provide for himself. And so mercy was shown. I don't think there's probably a greater display of mercy than you can find in Nehemiah chapter 9. And this week in some of my devotional reading, I read through the book of Nehemiah and I was astonished again at the ninth chapter. The Levites stood before the Lord with the priest after the walls had been rebuilt by Nehemiah and the men of Jerusalem and now they were reestablishing the importance and the priority of the law in their lives and Levites stood and They opened their mouths and they blessed the Lord and they confessed He was God alone and creator of all things and He chose Abraham and He changed His name and He gave them the land of Canaan and He performed His word because of His righteousness. He heard the cry of Israel in their affliction while they were in Egypt. He delivered them, He led them, He preserved them, He spoke to them at Sinai. He gave them the law and His judgments and His statutes and His commandments. And He made known unto them His Sabbath and He provided for them. He gave them bread for their hunger and He gave them water out of the rock. And He promised them that they would inherit the land, but keep reading. The Bible said, but, but, but they and our fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks and hearkened not to thy commandments and refused to obey. Neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou did among them, but hardened their necks and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and you forsook them not. Yea, when they had made them a molten calf and said, This is thy God that brought thee up out of Egypt and had wrought great provocation. Yet that in thy manifold mercies forsook them not in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud departed not from them day by day to lead them in the way. Neither the pillar of fire by night to show them light and the way wherein they should go. Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them and withheld not thy manna from their mouth and gave them water for their thirst. Yea, forty years did thou sustain them in the wilderness so that they lacked nothing, their clothes waxed not old, and their feet swell not. Moreover, thou gavest them kingdoms and nations, and did divide them in corners, so they possessed the land of Sion, and the land of the king of Heshbon, and the land of Og of Bashan. Their children also multiplied, 
the stars of heaven and brought them into the land concerning which thou hast promised to their fathers that they should go in to possess it. So the children went in and possessed the land and thou subdued before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave them into their hands with their kings and the people of the land that they might do with them as they would. And they took strong cities in a fat land and possessed houses full of goods, wells, big vineyards and olives and fruit trees in abundance. So they did eat and were filled and became fat and delighted themselves in great goodness. Nevertheless, nevertheless, they were disobedient, rebelled against thee and cast thy law behind their backs and slew your prophets and testified against them to turn them to thee. And they wrought great provocations. Therefore, you delivered them into the hand of their enemies who vexed them. And in the time of their trouble, when they cried unto thee, you heard them from heaven. And according to your manifold mercies, you gave them a Savior. You saved them out of the hand of their enemies. But, but, even after all that, but... After they had rest, they did evil again before thee. Therefore left thou them in the hand of their enemies, so that they had the dominion over them. Yet when they returned and cried unto thee, mm, you heard their cry from heaven, and many times didst thou deliver them according to thy mercies. And testified against them that thou mightest bring them again, Unto thy law, yet they dealt proudly. <laughs> and hearken not unto thy commandments, but sinned against the judgments. And withheld the shoulder, and hardened their neck, and would not hear. Yet many years did thou forsake them, and testified against them by the spirit of thy prophets. Yet would they not give ear. Therefore gavest thou them into the hand of the people of the lands. Nevertheless, amen. Nevertheless, for thy great mercy's sake. Everybody say, for thy great mercy's sake. Nevertheless, for thy great mercy's sake, thou didst not utterly consume them, nor forsake them, for thou art a gracious and merciful God. Now therefore, our God, the great, the mighty, and the terrible God, who keepeth covenant and mercy, let not all the trouble seem little before thee that hath come upon us, on our kings and our princes, on our priests, and on our prophets and our fathers and our people, since the time of the kings of Assyria. Howbeit, thou art just in all that is brought upon us, for thou hast done right, but we have done wickedly. Mercy. Amen. Everybody say mercy. It's displayed throughout the Bible. Men and women just like you and I not getting what they deserved. Their deeds were one thing, but his work in their life was something completely different. God preventing things that could have destroyed them, that could have torn them to pieces. That, my friend, is truly awesome. I don't know of anything more incredible than the mercies of the Lord. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. The mercies of God. And yet, I would dare speak today that there is something greater than mercy. Amen. 
something greater than mercy. What, what, what could be greater than mercy? What could be sweeter and kinder, more tender and compassionate than God not giving you what you deserve? I mean, am I crazy or even thinking? Is there something greater than mercy? If there is, it must be amazing. Amen. And it is, folks. It is. And I think you know where I'm going. It's called grace. Everybody say grace. Grace. And there is grace in this place today. This is what grace is. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. It is the undeserved love of God. It doesn't come because of something that we did. Nor is it something that we deserve. Or is it something that we have a right to. But grace is what we receive. Because He loves us. Amen. It is the favor of God. I wish I knew how to plumb the depth of that word because there is something in that word that we fully need to understand today. That God's favor is His blessing upon us. It was found by Noah when God had already said, the earth is destroyed. I am sick of what I see and hear. I am ready to consume it and start over. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You see, mercy may be not getting what you deserve, but grace is getting what you don't deserve. Now, you may have a hard time understanding that, but you need to let that sink in. What I ought to receive because of my failure and my misdeeds, he holds back and he has compassion on me. And he steps in with mercy and prevents it from destroying me. But when grace comes, grace gives me what I don't deserve. Amen. Not because of who I am. Not because of what I have, not because of where I live, not because of what I own, not because of who I know or what I know, not because of where I've been, but because of who He is. You see, grace is a gift. It's like that same judge that found you guilty but held back judgment and then comes back and gives you a $10 million assessment after you've been found guilty. Now that's amazing. That's, that's grace. It is God offering you something that you don't deserve. Think of all the things that you have not received, but you deserved. You ought to thank God for what He has prevented coming into your life. But this morning... You ought to give Him praise for all the things that He gives you that you don't deserve. Amen.
All the things that He opens to you and allows to come into your life. The treasures of heaven that He has opened to us this morning. Not because of who we are. And not because of what we've done. And not because of what we own. But because of who He is. There is grace in this house that is greater than my sin. It's greater than my failure. It's greater than my shortcomings. It's greater than anything I know in my life. Hallelujah. When you understand this, it will help you to stand and it will enable you to abound. It will strengthen you and help you to grow. God wants to give you and I something today that we don't deserve. Amen. Something we don't have a right to have. Like a second chance. Hallelujah. Like a reboot. How many times have we gotten caught up in a computer mess and didn't know what to do? And only thing we knew to do was push that button. Let's reboot. Let's start this thing over. The process. I, one day last week, my computer froze up. I had so many things going on. I didn't have the smarts to know what all I was doing. But I'm on one of them anyway. And I was. I, I, I had so many things going on and so much different things that I was studying. And all of a sudden, it just froze. I couldn't move the mouse. I couldn't get anything to respond. And I started to. Let my flesh come out in me. I wanted to slam the lid on it and say, you're going in the trash. Amen. But I had sense enough to know to push that button. Let's start over. Man, we don't deserve that. But you know what God's doing this morning? He's giving somebody in this building an opportunity to start fresh. Amen. Not because you deserve it, not because of anything you've done or not done, just because He's God and He wants to do that for you. There's a God in this place right now that has so much love for you and I that even when we don't deserve it, He said, I'm going to do it not because of you, but because of me. I'm going to do it because that's what I am. I am a God that is full of grace and kindness. Hallelujah. And I want to give you something today that you don't deserve. Oh my God, I wish I could get that into some of your minds right now. God wants to give some of you an opportunity to begin again. Man. You know what I've learned about life? You cannot go back and redo. But you can start today and renew. You cannot go back and change what you did yesterday. But grace allows you to step into an atmosphere where you can close the door on yesterday and say, I'm not going back there. I'm not letting that hold me. I'm not going to let that bind my life. But I have an opportunity to step in to a new beginning. I have an opportunity to get up and go again and do something worthwhile with my life. I have the chance this morning to come into His presence and find Him to help me and strengthen me. Come on, clap your hands and give Him praise right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Can I help somebody understand this morning that God wants to bless you?
One of the things that I've discovered to be one of the hardest things to convince people of is that he wants to bless them. And I think it's because we deal with our own failings and our own shortcomings so much that we know, why would God want to do that? Why would would God want to help me get my life back together? I mean, I made such a mess of it, and I said so many harsh things when I went away from him. I said so many things that I, I, I don't know if I can ever get back from those. I, I've done some things that I can't get past. And God said, help, help me help your people understand that today's an opportunity for somebody to close a door from the past and open the door to the future that is before them. Because grace has arrived. The unmerited favor of God. God wants to take you by the hand and bring you into places of blessings and richness and kindness. Oh, and mercies. Yeah. And mercies. He will do it again. But greater, greater than mercy is His grace. Man, that He gives me what I don't deserve. He gives me a chance to repent. He gives me the chance to be filled with His Spirit. Oh, what what an experience. If you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidence by speaking with other tongues, as the Scripture says, not as Mark says or as some other denomination, but as the Scripture says. Man. You are missing the greatest experience in all of life. Amen. On account of what you and I have done many times, we shut ourselves off from the blessings. We're without strength. We're without hope. That's why grace is so amazing. Because it walks in and said, I'm going to give you something today you don't deserve. You don't deserve a start over. You don't deserve a reboot. You don't deserve... Walking into a newness of life. But I'm going to give you that opportunity. I'm going to give you that chance. You and I get what we don't deserve. Because of who He is. I don't deserve love. I don't deserve restoration. I don't deserve healing. Emotionally, spiritually, physically. But because of who He is. He wants to do something in my life today that I don't deserve. The right path. Lift me. Turn me around. Put my feet on the right path. Head me in the right direction. Help get my attitude back in in line. Sometimes it is our attitude that gets us in the most trouble. We set our feet in the wrong direction because we let our mind overwhelm our body. What you may not deserve, He wants to give you. You don't deserve another chance. You and I both know that. But God said that doesn't have anything to do with it. I want to give you another chance. today. I want to give you an opportunity to step into my grace and my love for you one more time. Man, would you stand with me? Amen, 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 amen. 
Your life may be one mistake after another. But I'm telling you this morning, those mistakes can come to a halt because God's grace is calling you. Amen. God's grace is calling you. There's new life. There's joy. There's peace. Now, please don't misunderstand me. His grace isn't cheap. It isn't cheap. And it's certainly not an excuse for me to go on sinning. But grace is His love displayed in its finest garment. The Bible said grace can be frustrated. It can be abused. It can be turned away from. It can be misunderstood. It can even become an excuse and a cloak for my sin. But in spite of all that, God still does not withhold His grace. Aren't you thankful for that? He wants to usher somebody into a new day today. He wants to bring somebody into a new relationship with Him. He wants to take you by the hand and lead you into something that you don't deserve. But He wants to give it to you. He wants to give it to you. Because He's just a giving God. Reach over and take somebody by the hand that's near you right now. Feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Right now, God, there are people in this building. I know who I'm speaking of today, God, that need, they need a reboot. They need a restart in their life. They, they need to begin afresh and understand that you want them to begin afresh. Oh, God, help us to not miss our opportunity today. Help us to not miss our chance. Help us to not miss that time that you have made for us today. God, time to grow us and strengthen us and encourage us and cause us to abound. Not because of anything that we have done, but because of who you are. Grace that is greater than all of our sin. You can come home today. I said you can come home today. You can come before His throne today. And you will find grace to help in your time of need. You you may feel unworthy and you may feel that You are undeserving, but please don't let that stop you this morning. Don't turn your back on what God is offering you today. Don't walk out of this building and go on through life as if it means nothing. It is everything, my friend. It is everything. For we are saved by grace, not of ourselves, but of Him. He is the one who is able to redeem us from our sins. He paid that debt at Calvary and what a price He paid. But He is the only one that can put His Spirit in my life and transform me and make me into a new creature. And He's wanting to do that for somebody right now. I wish, I I would to God 
that you would allow Him to touch your heart right now. I would to God you would let Him draw you and that you would be drawn to His throne right now where grace is available, where grace is waiting, where favor is at. Oh, hallelujah. Whatever you can imagine the favor of God to be and mean, it's all there at His throne today. If you need strength, it's there. If you need help, it's there. If you need encouragement, it's there. 